When driving on Route 5 alongside Lake Erie on the edge of Lackawanna, as you pass the remnants of a once-booming steel factory, you'll find yourself on the Father Baker Bridge. From there, you'll get a pretty good view of the top of the Dome of Our Lady of Victory National Shrine and Basilica. The French Renaissance-style building is undoubtedly one of Western New York's defining landmarks, and it was envisioned and overseen by just one man, Father Nelson Baker, a dreamer, teacher, activist, and much more. In celebration of the Basilica's centennial anniversary, we're taking a look this week at the life of Nelson Baker. Monsignor David LaPuma, pastor and rector at Our Lady of Victory, joins us for more insights into a man whose mission continues today. First off, Monsignor, thank you for joining us. And uh, you've got a, a, a big year, a big celebration coming up at the Basilica this year and, and really for the next few years. Why don't you start off just by telling our listeners exactly um, why the next few years are so significant to the Basilica and really to Western New York history? Um, we're celebrating the centennial of the Basilica right now when he built it back in 1921 and it was consecrated in the spring of 1926. Over this five-year period, we're really making a, an open invitation to everyone to come and see for yourself. All are welcome. But to really get to know, and I'm, we're grateful today for this podcast, to really come to know who Father Baker was and is and what continues today, and come and see for yourself the magnificent um, Basilica Shrine, because people walk in. I just had people come in yesterday who had never been there before and said, oh my God, this rivals the basilicas and cathedrals of, of Europe. Nelson Henry Baker was born on February 16, 1842, meaning we just recently passed what would have been his 180th birthday. He was the second of four boys born to Lewis and Caroline. Lewis was a retired mariner who took advantage of the increased commerce brought to Buffalo by the Erie Canal by owning a grocery and general store behind which the family lived. After high school, Nelson joined his father and older brother working at the store. Nelson was baptized a Lutheran, the faith of his father, but at age 10, he was rebaptized this time into the Catholic Church under the guidance of his devout mother, who he loved to accompany to church as a child. His Catholic faith stayed in his mind as he fought during the Civil War and afterward when he came back home to open Meyer and Baker, a successful feed and grain business in Buffalo's booming economy. Nelson donated much of his time and money to a local orphanage under the belief that he'd been blessed and he should give back. He did think about becoming a priest from time to time, but believed he was already too old to receive the training. During a buying trip for the store, Nelson came across two boys struggling to carry goods back to St. Joseph's Orphanage. He offered to help them, and when they arrived at the orphanage, he met there with Father Hines, the administrator. One thing led to another, and the priest promised to recommend Nelson for admission to the diocesan seminary. It wasn't an easy choice, but eventually, and after a lot of thought, Nelson gave his business to his younger brother, and on September 2nd, 1869, he officially joined the seminary to begin a new life's mission. His arrival at Our Lady of the Angel Seminary 
now known as Niagara University, was 10 years later than most. During his time there, he used his own money to travel on a pilgrimage to some of the great Catholic shrines of Europe. It was in Paris that his life changed forever, specifically at Notre Dame de Victoire. There, he pledged a lifelong devotion to Mary, the mother of Jesus, under the title of Our Lady of Victory. He knew he wanted to honor her the same way in America, even after visiting other beautiful shrines like Lourdes, the Tomb of the Apostles, St. Peter's, and the Holy Father in Rome, his mind kept returning to Paris. But really what happened in the context, of course, of all of this is that uh, Father Baker, when he was in the seminary, uh, while he was in the seminary, he became very sick with a very rare skin disease and uh, almost died. And he prayed very fervently uh, for intercession. And when he got well, he asked the bishop at the time if he could go on this pilgrimage to the major shrines and cathedrals of France and Italy. So they, he was given permission. Uh, they stopped in Paris. When they got to Paris, they went to Notre Dame, which everyone goes to. But the bishop that was leading the pilgrimage said to Nelson Baker at the time, because he wasn't a priest yet, he was still in the seminary, he said, Nelson, there's a smaller church that I think you might like to see. And he said, it's a favorite of mine. So we directed him to Notre Dame de Victoire. And uh, Father Baker went in to that church, uh, which I happened to go into in the fall for the first time. I had been to Paris no, a number of times, but never um, went in there. But I wanted to go this time right away because I, I knew his devotion. And I was directed to the side altar that he was directed to. And I actually knelt down in the spot that he knelt down at. And I looked up at this beautiful statue of Our Lady of Victory, which is the Blessed Mother crowned, holding the child Jesus crowned. And it is believed that um, through her intercession, so many victories have been won uh, throughout our world. Father Baker saw on the walls these um, testaments in marble of people that had intercessory prayers answered because of her. And he had this moment where he just stared at her, and then he stood up and he said right there and then, I'm going to go back, finish the seminary, and I'm going to devote my priesthood, my life, uh, to your intercession, Our Lady Victory, and I'm going to promote devotion to you wherever I go. And it really is a defining moment in everything else that went on because he did come back. He went there a couple times before he left, and then he went on to Italy, he went to St. Peter's, he met the Holy Father, he went to some of the other beautiful churches in Europe that would later inspire what he built. But when he came back to the seminary, finished and was ordained, but he really, that moment, I always say to everyone, is the defining moment because that's the moment we have everything we have today because of his trust in her prayer, or her intercession. So everything that Father Baker did throughout his 94 years of life, 60 years of priesthood, when people would say, Father Baker, it's amazing what you've done. He said, I didn't do anything. She did it all. And he would point to her, and uh, he wanted her statue everywhere so nobody would forget who actually was the one that was driving all of this. In March 1876, Nelson was ordained and began his journey as a priest at St. Joseph's Cathedral in Buffalo. But the hard part wasn't over. In fact, it was only beginning. His first assignment from the local bishop was to assist Father Hines, the very man who recommended him for the seminary in Limestone Hill, now known as Lackawanna. 
There he worked at St. John's Protectory and St. Joseph's Boys Orphan Asylum as assistant superintendent, a job befitting of Nelson's business savvy. The two facilities that cared for boys of all ages had accrued $60,000 of debt, a seemingly insurmountable debt in 1881. When creditors refused to accept his offer of half their money now and half later, Baker went to the bank and withdrew every penny he personally had to help pay off the debts. The financial strains of the institutions got him thinking. A problem solver and forward thinker, Baker came up with a fundraising initiative, the Association of Our Lady of Victory. Each and every night, he sat down and wrote letters, hundreds in total, to postmasters across the country asking them to send the names of charitable Catholic women in their areas. He wrote to each and every one of them, appealing to their sense of charity and asking for membership dues of 25 cents per year, and it worked. Not only were the debts paid off in just a few years, but he was actually able to build a larger chapel and two new projects on the campus. It was there in Limestone Hill that Father Baker's nickname, Padre of the Poor, really rang true. He had an open acceptance policy for taking in boys, regardless of the financial difficulty it imposed. Baker took the time to interact with each boy and truly become part of their lives. When Father Baker came to what was then Limestone Hill, he realized with his business sense that goes back to his dad and their first business and his own business, um, that he had to do something. And so, what a creative mind. We call him the patron saint of direct mail today. But he sat down and he wrote letters to all the postmasters in the country. And he said, just give me a list of your Catholic women, organizations, Catholic women. And then every night he'd write a letter to them directly. And he'd say, for 25 cents, you can become a member of our Lady of Victory Association. You'll be remembered in our prayers and our novenas and so forth. And you'll help us take care of the children entrusted to our care. And the money started coming in. To this day, we have about 60,000 donors across the country who give because of their great-grandparents. And an interesting story is in March, I went down to meet with a donor who's a fourth-generation donor. She actually has correspondence from her grandmother to her great-grandmother that got the original letter from Father Baker. And the grandmother said to the great-grandmother, I can't believe that he only asked for 25 cents. And uh, she just continued to give uh, to this day because it was in her family. She'd never been here. but. Um, it's a, it's really, it's a testament um, because people were just moved by the stories that Father Baker shared with people all over the country, how we change the lives of young people for the better. During the 1890s, Father Baker continued to deal with the financial troubles that his institutions faced, especially when it came to heating the large buildings in the bitter New York winters. He heard of natural gas being found across western New York and in nearby Canada. Now, for many, this lessened the burden of heating bills. He asked his bishop for $2,000 to break ground on his property to search for gas. Because of Baker's history with investments, the bishop agreed to it. Now, when the drillers arrived with their equipment, the foreman asked Father Baker where they were to begin drilling. His team was amazed when a huge procession of altar boys, sisters, brothers, and Father Baker himself exited the church carrying candles and praying the rosary. They processed into an open field until Father Baker stopped, sprinkled the ground with holy water, and took a small statue of the Virgin Mary out of his pocket. 
dug a hole in the ground, buried the statue, and told the workers, quote, drill here, but try not to disturb the statue. Days of digging went by with no fruits of their labor. People around town even began referring to the project as Father Baker's Folly. As digging continued, the bishop had to grant Nelson another $3,000. But still, the project yielded nothing. Finally, at an unheard-of depth of 1,137 feet underground, the well, dubbed Victoria's Well, hit gas. And not just a little bit. The amount of gas was enough to heat all of Father Baker's institutions, along with 50 nearby homes. And that well is still producing today. Around the turn of the 20th century, Father Baker read in the newspaper of a nearby section of the Erie Canal that had been ordered to be dredged in order to deepen it. Now, during the process, workers found the bones and bodies of infants and small children. It was believed that unmarried women who had been disowned by their families threw their babies in the canal to rid them of what they believed to be a mistake. Now, naturally, Father Baker was concerned. Soon after, he built the OLV Infant Home, a safe space for single mothers and their babies. All were welcome and no questions were asked. If a mother didn't want to keep her baby, there was a crib near an unlocked door where she could leave it knowing it would be cared for. No one had ever focused on helping babies from unwed mothers. Some locals even frowned upon the idea, thinking that women should pay for their mistakes. Baker didn't feel this way, though, and opened his heart to the children and mothers as he then built a maternity hospital. After construction was completed in 1908 and the facility filled to capacity, it became one of Father Baker's favorite places, His nightly rounds always ended at the infant home where he was often found tucking in the little ones, blessing them all on his way out the door. The organization continued to grow in size. The next large-scale building project was the addition of a maternity hospital which was completed in 1919. Later, as the community's needs changed, the structure was converted to a 275-bed general hospital. The hospital's chief of staff was even a former baker boy turned physician. Needless to say, the infant home was a success, taking in over 2,000 babies in just its first few years. When I came three years ago, I jokingly tell people that my father, when I was growing up, said to me, someday you're going to have Father Baker's. And that's that threat that a lot of people have in western New York and beyond that if you, don't mis- if you misbehave, you're going to go to that protectory where he took care of troubled youth. But the reality is, is that Father Baker, knowing his story and his life, uh, the farthest thing from someone to be afraid of. In fact, one of the first things he did when he came back and took over the protectory, which was the home for troubled boys, uh, there were bars on the windows. And he took the bars off the windows. That's the first thing he did. And he said, these are not prisoners these are young people that need direction. And he was so convinced that if you gave them a, a good education, a good faith formation, no matter what their faith tradition was, uh, and taught them a trade, you could change their lives around. And that's exactly what he did. He grew the protectory, he grew the orphanage, and in all of that, any child that came and was brought to him, no matter what, he never said no. 
And he knew that even though it was financially challenging, he knew that if he prayed through the intercession of Our Lady of Victory and trusted in God's providence, he could change lives. So it's important to realize that even though that fear was there, <laughs> there were, they used to say that the boys outside in the families around the protectory that lived in South Buffalo, Lackawanna, used to jump over the walls because they said, those kids have it better than we do. <laughs> At the age of 79, Father Baker took on his most ambitious feat yet, the ultimate expression of gratitude and devotion to his patroness, Our Lady of Victory, a shrine in her honor. In August of 1921, on the corner of Ridge Road and South Park Avenue, the cornerstone for the shrine was laid. Father Baker's vision was carried out by approximately 22 contractors many of whom were local Buffalonians. In fact, portions of the work were undertaken by Buffalo area companies that are still around today, including J.W. Danforth, who provided the heating and cooling systems, and Stone Art Memorial, which laid the granite foundation. Upon its consecration in 1926, the shrine was only the second minor basilica in the United States. The Cardinal Secretary of State in the Vatican commented at the time, quote, among the churches in America, the sanctuary of Our Lady of Victory is, for many reasons, to be counted as one of the greatest. The Wall Street crash of 1929 shook the nation to its core. Entering into what would become known as the Great Depression, thousands across the country were left with nothing, including right here in western New York. Even though Father Baker was in his 90s and a bit slower physically, his mind was just as sharp as he thought of ways to help. Records from 1930 through 1933 show that Father Baker's institutions gave out nearly half a million meals to the hungry. On July 29, 1936, Father Baker died at the age of 94. Both the mayors of Lackawanna and of Buffalo declared days of mourning until his funeral. His body was transferred to the Basilica the following day. People from near and far came to pay their respects for four days, waiting in line for hours in the hot sun. Estimates say that between 300 and 500,000 people turned out. On the day of his funeral, 25 to 50,000 people lined the streets leading to the basilica, mourning the man who had given so much to so many. The mass was broadcast over at WEBR and WKBW for even more to take part in. Having been named among Western New York's most influential citizens of the 20th century by the Buffalo News, another exciting chapter to Father Baker's story began in 1987, more than 50 years after his death, when he was named a, quote, servant of God by the Vatican, the first step toward canonization, or the process by which someone becomes a saint in the Roman Catholic Church. The historic process took yet another leap forward in 2011 when, on January 14th, Pope Benedict XVI named him the Venerable Nelson Baker. A celebration of the announcement drew hundreds of community leaders, well-wishers, clergy, and, of course, other Baker boys. Those connected to his cause for canonization remain in close contact with Vatican officials and believe that Father Baker will be beatified in the near future thus earning the title, Blessed, the third of four steps toward being named a saint. 
the process then, there are four steps uh, to canonization. The first is to be named servant of God, which happened in 1987. Uh, Bishop Head opened the case. Uh, Rome accepted it because of his virtuous life. And then they went on to continue to actually do what they call a positio, which is a very extensive um, background on Father Baker and his life and all that he accomplished. And they went over to Rome and they presented it uh, to the Holy Father and to the cause of the saints. And after review of that positio, Pope Benedict at the time uh, agreed that he should be named the Venerable Nelson Baker, which is the second stage, and that happened in, in 2011. Then what's happening now is we're waiting. We need uh, two miracles, one for beatification or blessed, and then a final miracle for canonization saint. Father Baker's 60 years in the priesthood were spent sheltering the homeless, feeding the hungry, caring for the sick, and giving hope to the destitute. That compassionate legacy lives on today at OLV organizations. Tens of thousands of individuals flock to its campus each year for healing, be it mental, physical, or spiritual. His fundraising and cost-saving endeavors evolved into OLV charities. His programs for underserved children and families became OLV Human Services, and OLV National Shrine and Basilica draws 40,000 visitors each year, as well as serving as home to a thriving parish community. Father Baker's mission of caring for those who need it has flourished and grown in the years since his death. It didn't die with him in 1936, but that we continue to this day, and this to me is always the amazing thing that a lot of people in Western New York and throughout the world don't know, but all the things that he had done in these different homes to help these children continue to this day. We take care of over 16,000 children, youth, and families every year through our OLV Human Services. And these are kids, again, that don't have a chance. They come to us for an education. We don't do adoptions anymore, but we do foster care and emergency foster care. And again, these are children that just wouldn't make it. And we have six schools where we continue to educate kids that just don't make it in their own school system. So that in itself is pretty amazing. And with that final thought from Monsignor Lapuma, we end our episode for this week. But of course, the story of Father Nelson Baker and Our Lady of Victory Basilica has many, many more chapters. And perhaps we can get to them in future episodes, along with histories of other religious denominations or houses of worship that have played such a role in shaping Western New York. Today's episode was researched and written by Jane Rose, the social and new media coordinator at Our Lady of Victory Basilica in Lackawanna, New York. We'd also like to thank Monsignor David Lapuma for taking the time to come in and speak with us. The podcast today was edited and produced by me, Anthony Greco. Thank you again for listening and have a great week. The Buffalo History Museum podcast is sponsored by the National Endowment for the Humanities. The museum receives operating support from the County of Erie, the City of Buffalo, New York State Council on the Arts, with the support of Governor Kathy Hochul and the New York State Legislature. Additional support is provided by MT Bank and from our donors, members, and friends.